The Film and TV Show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Films. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV shows. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV show. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. Television. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. I love this film. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. And joining me as always is Alex. Hello. 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 How are you, right? Yeah, not too bad. I was going to try and introduce myself through interpretive dance, but I realised what's the point? It's all audio anyway. It's all audio anyway. No one would know. <laughs> Nobody would know. Yeah. No. So, um, so yeah, we weren't here last week. No. Car no. troubles. Oh, was it car troubles? I Richard? did have car troubles. I thought you were sick. It was a little bit of both. I was sick and I did have car troubles. Just I had two. Out all the excuses. No, I, I, I tell you what, I had two tyre blowouts on Monday night and then my car broke down Tuesday morning. So, wow. yeah. Did you go over? Was, were you in a police chase and someone put the spikes down? If only I could say it was something as cool as that. <laughs> but no, I don't know what it was. Tyres just went. Yeah. Literally driving and both front tyres went. So, how unlucky can somebody be? I'll tell you what, breaking down the next day mm. on the M1 yeah, southbound. <laughs> I saw your Facebook update and I kind of giggled to myself. Yeah, no, not funny. <laughs> not funny at all. And then I paid, to get, I paid to get the car fixed and now it's broken and I've had to get try and get a new one. What's yeah. the uh, equation again? Something like tragedy plus time equals uh, comedy. Oh, but yeah. just sharp. <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to talk about TV shows that royally screwed themselves um, or or made mistakes that kind of diminished the hard work they'd done before because there's quite a, there's quite a few that have made drastic changes. One that hasn't played out yet is obviously Lethal Weapon. And Doctor Who. And Doctor Who. <laughs> but they That's... haven't played out yet, so we, we can revisit it in a couple of weeks. But no, the Loon Lethal Weapon isn't out for a little while, but they've, uh, they've axed Clayne Crawford as Riggs, and they're bringing in uh, Stifler. Yeah. As it's going to go somebody so else. smoothly. <laughs> I know, right? Two completely different people. But, you know, I, I mean, in all fairness, though, in their defence, it is a necessity that they get rid of Clayne Crawford, who plays Riggs. Well, yeah, because he's a, a psychopath on yeah. set. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's done himself no favours. Whereas Stifler, Steve, um, Sean William Scott, it's going to sound Steve. Then Sean William Scott, Stephen Stifler. That's right. Um, yeah, Sean William Scott is a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah, you know he's from what I've seen of him in interviews and like the sort of backstage things and everything. He seems like a generally nice person. I'm sure he'll get on quite well. Um, whether it's his bag of tea, uh, well. His bag, his cup of tea. Yeah. Um, I've not actually ever seen him in anything other than comedy roles. So no. This no. will be uh, untested waters. Yeah, no, it will be. Um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see mm. how it plays out. Because it's quite, yeah. you know, from you're taking Lethal Weapon, a cult film series, and you're taking one of the main characters yeah. and getting rid of him. It's kind of like, well, hang on a minute. Are it's, they actually, like, killing off Riggs? Then, I, I guess character? so. I, I guess so, because he's not coming back, so... Replacing him with someone like... Yeah, but he's not coming in as Riggs, that's the thing. He's not yeah, coming in as but... Riggs, he's coming... He'll come in as a Riggs, it'll be like a stepbrother or... <laughs> butters. Something like... Yeah. <laughs> he comes in as Butters. Yeah, something like that. Oh, um, but you touched on one that I did want to talk about, and that's Doctor Who. And yeah, that's not obviously. about the fact that they're regenerating it into Jodie Whittaker, who... For all intents and purposes, could be amazing. I thought she was awful in Broadchurch, but that's just my opinion. I didn't like her in that. I thought she was uh, dull, boring, wooden, um, and just plain uh. Mm. But um, Chris Chibnall, who used to do Broadchurch and now does Doctor Who, clearly thinks that there's something there um, and wants to give her a shot. And why not? You know, at the end of the day, why not? (laughs) Yeah. But what I do, the one I do want to talk about though, is the regen into Peter Capaldi, purely oh, because yeah. I thought that that was a terrible, terrible regen, and I, I mean, thought it was a terrible choice of um, of actor, purely because I know that he was a great Whovian before anyway, and he was leader of a fan club and 
all this, that, and the other. And you know, he had appeared as well in um, Pompeii in the fires of Pompeii. He was in that episode with David Tennant. But because of that, I'm just shrugging here. Because, yeah, you don't, you yeah, don't, know. don't know. You you can just go along with this one. Yeah. But it it just seems <clears> to me that they picked the wrong type of person. He was very granddad like. Now I know that William Hartnell at the very very beginning was quite an older gentleman, and that's fine. But you've gone from three relatively youngish doctors. You've got Christopher Eccleston, well, even before that, Paul McCann, really. Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, and then Matt Smith, who was the youngest ever doctor at yeah. uh, 20-something. Um, but to go, it's like they've gone from one extreme to the other when they went into Capaldi. And it kind of ended, I, I think, the downfall of Doctor Who probably wasn't just the regen into Peter Capaldi. It was... Russell T. Davis stepping aside and letting Stephen Moffat ruin Doctor Who for everybody because Moffat was great as a one-off writer. Same as Mark Gattis. Mark Gattis is genius, and he mm. pulled out some absolutely fantastic episodes for um, Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith. But towards the end, Smith's tenure got boring as well, and that was when it kind of went into yeah. Moffat. As in, I'm coming from the briefest, like, I only watch it when I'm around a friends and they have to watch it at that specific time. Um, I, I occasionally try and force myself to watch the Christmas specials just because it's on. And yeah. I've seen a decline. I tried even getting into it at certain points, you know, like at the start of new series. I've been like, okay, let's switch it on. Let's give it a few episodes. I I tried with uh, Peter Capaldi and there was just something like I could I actually enjoyed a fair number of episodes with David Tennant yep Um, I didn't mind Matt Smith see I actually think Matt Smith was well underrated Um, but then when I tried with Peter Capaldi he was just dreadful he was from the from the moment I saw him and the way he was acting I was just like there's something severely off with this character I know Obviously, each actor can bring his own thing to the role. But. Yeah, but Tennant and Smith were, and Eccleston weren't all that too dissimilar. It's like the personality yeah. didn't change all that much. But with Capaldi, it was just like, hang on a minute, this is a completely different person. What? It was very campy as well. Yeah. I don't know what it was that was campy about it. I mean, it, they had sonic sunglasses for it, for God's sake. I mean, come on. Again, like... Generally, I don't really rate just Doctor Who that much I just, at all, I, I just didn't, I yeah. didn't like it. I, I'll be honest, I didn't like it. I thought it was rubbish. I thought that Capaldi was a terrible regen. There were people out there that loved him, and you know, everyone's got an opinion. They're like backsides. Everyone's got one, but I just think that they went down the wrong route. And I'm hoping that by bringing on uh, again. Jodie Whittaker is a younger person. Mm. She's relatively young. Yes, she's a female, but that shouldn't really detract from the fact that... If the writing's good, it shouldn't matter, male or female. Exactly. And, you know, from from what I can gather, Broadchurch went down really, really well with viewers. So, you know, I think it's in good hands with with Chris Chibnall. But Mm. we'll have to see. Um, It's one of those things that we're seeing more and more of now, which is bad writing casting females so that they can then say that the people that don't like it are sexist. Yeah, but then that's just standard. And to be fair, we are talking about the BBC. So mm, The BBC, Hollywood in general, like it's just something that's affecting a lot of places because they can, they can do that now and claim like uh, effectively it's almost like a race card that they're playing. Yeah, which is the gender card. Yeah, it... it I mean, the jury's out on Jodie Whittaker. I'm hoping that she's yeah. better. Having seen the trailers for it, I'll be honest, I'm not massively convinced. It's next Sunday, so Sunday the 7th. I mean, um, the worst that could happen is she's not very good and they just regen and soon. Yeah. And it's just a, you we'll know, just a blip on the radar. Yeah, but, but it is next Sunday um, at the time right now. Uh, 6th, 7th of October, but before that, on the 6th of October, it's Feel the Force Day um, here in Peterborough. So if you are listening, you have probably two days from today up until Wednesday to buy your tickets because they are selling out like hotcakes. And we had the guys on here a couple of weeks ago as well, and they're amazing. The the whole day is brilliant. We are going to be there interviewing 
Um, we're also going to be uh, talking to general public, doing Facebook videos, um, and just generally doing videos to be uploaded to um, to the Facebook pages. So, you know, get your tickets, get down to the Kingsgate Centre exactly. in Peterborough on Saturday the 6th, because that is going to be epic. It's going to be um, packed as well, so yeah, be careful be of parking. Heat. Yeah, if you want to go get there early, there will not be tickets on the doors either, Yeah, just so that you know. Um, okay, your turn then. Pick a TV show that's gone downhill after a change. Um, okay, yeah. Um, this is going to be a bit of an obvious one, but Game of Thrones, yeah. um, since they've run out of the actual books as source material, the writing has gone down the, like, just gone down the toilet. The The dialogue is no, uh, the dialogue is like, a writer, a screenwriter, trying his best to imitate George R. R. Martin's work. And try as they may, they can put all the fancy um, old English-sounding words in it that they want, but they're not hitting the mark. And I think it's especially apparent with Tyrion's character. Yeah, he's. it's a shame because um, Tyrion Lannister, is, he started off as a very um, self-deprecating but very smart and intellectual person. And season seven, he just kind of seemed to, I don't know. Be fumbling. Yeah. He was was very sort of like, oh, this is happening. Oh, here's my ingenious plan that didn't work for some reason. Yeah, whereas before he was was a genius. He was a a military genius. And he was very good at tactics, very good at organising. I generally feel like his quick-wittedness has slowed down a lot as well. And you could make all the excuses that you want. You could say, oh, he's a broken man now after he killed uh, Shay and after he killed his father, spoiler alert. Um, but generally, to me, it's just um, it's a lot less interesting to watch. I'm only watching it... Because you've invested time. Because, yeah, because I've invested time, because it still does entertain. Uh, it's not like it's gone downhill so massively that it's actually a chore to watch because there are some fantastic moments um but it's certainly a lot less enjoyable than the early series yeah it has kind of a lot less but as as the writing's gone down the production costs have obviously clearly gone up so they're they're less focused on that than they are it's it's more visual spectacles now like the army of the dead and the dragons and everything and that's cool like at least they're playing to their strengths um rather than trying to get hung up and either wait for George R. R. Martin to finish a book, which he is not doing. Um, but generally, it does feel uh, less quality, more quantity, so even is, though they're reducing the number of uh, episodes. So is he not making another book then? He is. He is. He is. He's well, just one of the slowest writers that's, that's ever That's going to be existed. really awkward then if what plays out on screen doesn't match up to what's in the book. Oh, he's given them an overall synopsis to the uh, to the two in, uh, that created the TV show, so right. they know generally what has to happen, uh, but they can cut out large sections because they don't have access to it. Yeah, so they're just kind of. So it's just like a, a plot point of oh, Daenerys will go here and do this, and John will go here eventually and do this, and that's all they have to go on. Yeah, fill in the gaps, and yeah. you know, John and Daenerys will have a child. You don't know that. <laughs> Sleeping with the auntie. Yeah, but like it's better than Jamie and Cersei. Yeah. Oh god. I watched the first Although, episode to be fair, again. There's, there's not much comparison. It's you know, still incest. It's incest is incest. Incest is incest. Absolutely. But no, I do totally agree with you on that. I do think that there is a, a huge issue mm. that's happened there. I'll tell you the only thing that I would say has remained consistent is uh, the. Some of the more uh, prominent actors and actresses uh, that probably have a bit more skill than others, they seem to understand their character more and portray it better on screen so that you still enjoy it, such as um, The Hound um, and Jamie Lannister and Cersei Lannister, for that matter. I think they they are all tremendous actors and they play their parts uh, to a believable point and they can understand and perhaps they're coming up with a bit more dialogue, like free just free speaking yeah. it on the camera and you know the uh the directors of whichever episode are just saying yeah that's actually pretty good and we'll keep that in 
What has surprised me, and, and that tends to happen on TV shows, is that none of the cast has become directors, inverted quotes. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, it, you know, they've done that in so many TV shows where the actors mm. have then said, well, actually, I want to try directing. I think with H, with the amount of money they're throwing at these episodes, I don't think they'll, they'd ever risk it. No, no, they wouldn't. But it's good that it's not happened. Yeah. Because, I mean... I could reel off ball suits, NCIS, CSI, um, Scrubs, Friends. Yeah, all of those have had. But those are more sitcom. But they've still had people who are main actors do it, and I I don't get it. I don't understand why. Why do they feel they need to direct it? They're getting paid enough money. Why do they need double the money? It's just a way for them to, uh, you know, try new. things out yeah they observe for so many like possibly even years in some series they observe the directors doing what they do and they go yeah i'd like to attempt that at some point yeah. uh, and see if i've got what it takes but you know it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an iffy area yeah really yeah it is um and i, I touched on one again with the that kind of went downhill and that was scrubs yeah, that yeah, went, went downhill because that just that, that only just... went down in the very weird extra season that they did. Well, I don't was know it one or was it two? I don't know, but it but... was just like it was. It was like um, a continue a sequel series almost. And yeah, that to me just was completely ri- ridiculous. It didn't work. I don't. I don't know why they why they bothered. I mean, it had Dave Franco in it, and I like Dave Franco. I think he's quite funny. Yeah, but he, he can't save a series by himself. No, no, you, he can't. And you had um, you had Turk in it still. JD... Made guest appearances. Occasionally, but it was literally JD throughout the whole lot. It was him. It was all centred around him. It was his inner monologues. Yeah. It was um, all of his escapades. Yes, it had Carla and Turk and Dr. Cox and Dr. Kelso... And Elliot and, you know, the Todd and yeah, but everybody it was, else. It was just such, I think, in terms of introducing a new character, like a new main character, I think it was a bit of a shock for everyone um, because to go from, like, I think it was seven years that Scrubs, Scrubs ran for or something close to it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, to go from seven years of following JD's storyline and to suddenly go, right, well, we're going with this brand new person, and you don't know anything about her. She doesn't connect to any of the other characters in any way whatsoever. Yeah. And just be like, okay, and she's interacting with the other characters now. And it's kind of a bit like a fan, fan-made, fan like fan-fiction-esque yeah. thing, where you're like, oh, this is my character, and they're perfect, and let's have them interact with all the people and have funny jokes. It just yeah. didn't work. No, no, it didn't work, and it's it's really, it's like, really, it's a shame because Scrubs was brilliant when it first started. It was amazing, and right up until the very last episode, mm. um, you know, I think it was called My Final Ending. Like, if they wanted to do a sequel series like that, they should have focused on either Doctor Cox or Turk, whoever wanted to stay and continue doing it. Have them move to a new hospital and have them as the main character and how they adapt to the new life and things like that with the new people around them rather than someone completely unfamiliar to the audience yeah it was just i don't know it just it just kind of it was trash it It was trash in the bin yeah it does so um okay let's play a quick song i'm going to play this song this is from um one of my favorite doctor who episodes actually um with the very very versatile john sim who played the master Uh, so enjoy a bit of voodoo child Twist, do I fold? 
So a little bit of Rogue Traders there, Voodoo Child. Nanix did so, or you say you didn't play the uh, Jimi Hendrix one? That's the Voodoo Child I, I think of when people say Voodoo Child. Yeah, no, and it's one I think of, but it wasn't the one that was playing in the Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was linked into that. So Both are good. Both really good. Yeah, different re- different reasons, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, another one? Oh, um, in terms of bad shows well no shows that have just kind of gone down slumped um it's really difficult to say because i'm more tending to watch netflix now for tv series and like you know the online subscription based uh things see for me stranger things you when, think it's when, gone down yeah in, second uh, season because they pushed that man child girly whatever her name is i don't know i can't remember she, everyone seems to think she was great and she was awful. I thought she was crap. She played the... Eleven? Yeah, that one. Oh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, yeah. I, character, yeah. Sorry, I don't understand the the whole hype around her because I thought she was awful and they pushed her to the front in the second season and I just kind of thought, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. She wasn't that great to start off with and now you're pushing... I found uh, her... Um, well, I found the weird side quest where she goes off to try and find her mum and then she goes off to find the other special person. Yeah. And they had, like, that weird one episode where she's uh, going all Lost she's Boys. She's going all Lost Boys, yeah. Uh, I found that super out of place. It just didn't It didn't fit in to the whole kind of road they were going down at the end of the first season. And mm. the second season just feels like they've... They've, uh, you know, the writers and directors have gone. Oh, Millie Bobby Brown got a hell of a lot of people talking. Maybe we should push her to the front. Oh, yeah, I think you should do that as well. Yeah, it's a very good idea. Series one was her series as well because it yeah, all but, around her. But it wasn't. I think generally but the she whole series. Yeah, but she wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't overly obvious, and she didn't really kind of have to do much. Let's be honest. The characters are quite one-dimensional when it comes to dialogue. Yeah. Whereas um, in the second season, it was so overly obvious that they were focusing everything on her and you were forgetting about the other guys, where, to be perfectly honest, I actually liked them better. I thought they were a lot stronger, they were a lot more um, well-rounded, and they had a much stronger arc, whereas it seems like they were forcing us to be like, oh, look, Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown. I, I don't get the hype, I'm sorry, I just don't understand... I don't um, get it, and I, I I thought that was a step back 
for the TV show, in all fairness, is in kind of pushing her arc to the forefront and just kind of the others were kind of peripheral. Well, I think that's sort of subjective, maybe. Uh, I didn't feel that way as much. I just felt like it was uh, most of her extra scenes and the stuff that they were focusing on in her storyline just wasn't entirely necessary to the plot. Mm. Um, I figured, well, as soon as the... The thing is, like, with these series, they've got unlimited time to create and perfect the first series. And then as soon as they're greenlit for the second series, they've got to go. They've got to get a story published. They've got to get the actors back. They've got to get contracts signed and get everything set up for this second series. And I think maybe um, with the tight constraints of time and everything... um, Maybe they're sacrificing some of the editing and some of the uh, more polish that they had time to do for the first series. Uh, And that's why it doesn't feel as good. I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I still really enjoyed watching series two. And I'm really looking forward to the next series, which should be out fairly soon. Yeah, I'm sure it's out soon. I'm pretty sure it's like around October-ish. Yeah, it can't be too long away. Yeah, because it's like Halloween-y theme. Yeah, there's not yeah, there's there's not much left to to go, is there really? Um, but yeah, I really liked Stranger Things too. I do get what you mean, like she did have a lot of focus this series and this season. But I don't think it was too detrimental. Um as for her, I'm still not entirely decided whether well, I I think from this one role she's very one note as a character. Uh, and we've not really seen her act uh, like in a normal situation, I think, because she her character is so unusual. She seems to end up in these very unusual circumstances, and it's we've not had a chance to see uh, Eleven really interact on a normal day to day basis. Yeah, without looking like a, a fish out of water. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, totally so, agree. I'm hoping in season three we're going to see a little bit more range from her as an actor and uh, maybe get like a more uh, grouped up storyline this time rather than the splintering because I think the splintering of the storyline is when uh, when the cracks start to show. Yeah, and they, they really need to steer away from that because mm. they just can't. Um... So that maybe splinter it in between two groups but don't do... Uh, what they did, which was Steve uh, in one group, Nancy and uh, Jonathan in one group, uh, two of the boys in another, uh, the Will Byers and his mum and uh, Bob in another splinter, and then Millie Bobby Brown's eleven in in another one. It was just too many. As yeah. in, it was it was good that they all came back to the uh, same point at the end, but I just think generally a lot of audiences will get a little bit confused when like six or seven things are happening all at once. Um, I just felt like uh, when one of those splinters isn't as interesting, um, it makes you want the uh, director to go back to the more, uh, the stronger storylines. So you actually kind of, kind of end up resenting a character for their story arc. Yeah. Yeah. And and, well, that's probably where I am Mm. to be honest. Um, but yeah, the other one there is another and quite a big one actually, Stargate. Yeah, because you had you had the whole SG one, and it was great up until they defeated the Gold, and then all of a sudden for two seasons they bring out the Ori, and it's kind of like well they had the you, replicators as well. Yeah, but they wrap that up at the end of the yeah they, they wrap that up at the end of um, season eight. That was all wrapped up. You know, you had the Asgards. Mm. Um, the Ori were completely unnecessary. But that's that's the point. Why did they feel mm. they needed to push it another two seasons? I mean, you'd already lost Jack because mm-hmm. he'd gone off to be a general. General O'Neill, yeah. Um, you'd lost the majority of the main characters. Because um, it was... Teal'c was there. Daniel yeah, Jackson was there. Samantha Carter was there. Yeah, then Vala. There Vala and the replacement for Jack O'Neill yeah, who see, I can't and, remember and that is exactly um, he's played by Blen, played by Ben Browder yeah um, and you had 
But he's uh, gen- generic American hero. Generic American, yeah, he is. And you've got uh, <laughs> Bo Bridges plays General Landry. Yeah. Um, who takes over from Hammond? Yeah, General Hammond. He's who, he was good. Who, yeah, he. I think he actually the character the, the actual actor died in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why they kind of brought it to an end and they brought in Bo Bridges. But I just don't. I don't see why they felt the need to then turn it all religious, because they went mm. from they went from um, not quite religious, more spiritual, mythology. more mythology from uh, the gold perspective, because they played on the Egyptian gods. They yeah. all had names like you know Ra, um, Apophis, even, even these sort of other system lords. They would play uh, plays on other like mythological. Entities like there was a Chinese uh, Guold who was I can't remember their name, but they were all they were all mythological figures. And then they, I think, with the Ori, they based it on like eleven um, hundreds uh, Crusader type mentality of like God is the one true religion, and if you don't believe, then you're a heretic and you yeah. des- deserve to be burned and things like that. Um, and yeah, it did get super weird when. They started mi- mixing in the idea of these people were trying to actually ascend to become God. But, yeah, but it like, wasn't yeah. just that, though. It was that they were physically um, forcing their religion, which was origin, on people. And if they didn't succumb to that belief, they were murdered. Yeah. Now, I'm not being funny or anything, but that sounds like any religion you find on planet Earth. Whereas. Yeah. If you don't believe in our religion, then you're going straight to hell. They're not murdered. Well, you say they're not murdered, but we won't go down that road. I mean, <laughs> it does come a little bit close in terms of real world stuff. Um, but, you know, a lot of other things draw upon like uh, real world atrocities and try to convey that sense of um, sometimes like uh, they just try and uh, recreate that feeling uh, to uh, provoke an emotional reaction. Yeah, but the thing is, is that there was never, there was never any rhyme or reason for for the additional seasons of um, SG One because you had Atlantis. Yep. And then you had Universe just afterwards. They didn't need to push SG One mm. any further. It, it it just didn't seem. I don't know why. I, I, I mean, you know, only the writers can tell us why they pushed the religious aspect of it. And I mean, and let's be honest, you run out of ideas eventually, and you just start after uh, start having to create things off the top of your head. Yeah, but it was so weak. The Ori were—they were a weak. The thing phone. I had most problem with is they were basically just the Guo old two point Yeah, they had the super star the stargates, and they had the um powerful ships because you know um the humans upgraded their ships to the point where they could take on these gold motherships and therefore they were no longer a threat so then then had to introduce these super ships that the ori had i know and the super gates to get these super ships through yep. and all this that and the other and then it just became like adding super onto the onto everything as a prefix yeah it, it was it just got a bit crazy it just got boring you know, and you had the two films spawned from it. You had the the original um, continuum, which didn't contain Jack O'Neill. That and the was, arc of something. And the arc of truth. Yeah. And the arc of truth was centred around the Ori and actually finishes off what was in the TV show. Yeah. But it come out before the ending of the TV. It, it, it just kind of didn't make any sense. I think it was a super weird... Um, end to SG One with like a, um, they trapped themselves in like a time barrier as well, and like Tio no, was the only one to be sent. That out. was at the end of the Ori, so Ooh. that was the end of season ten where uh, the Asgard decided that they were going to kill themselves. Spoiler alert! And they upgraded the one of the ships. Uh, I don't know whether it was Prometheus or whatever one of the um, the, the Tauri yeah. ships. And Sam put them into a time bubble because their 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 shields were down. They were almost dead. Yeah. The Ori fired, and it was like million in space terms, millimeters away, yeah. and they were in a time bubble. But they could never work out how to fix it, so she could get them in it, but couldn't get them out. And it took them like seventy odd years, and 
Um, then they worked out how to do it, but only Teok, only one of them could do it. Yeah, because they because had, they had, had the to be mental ability to or yeah, something. Yeah, they had to use the uh, the power of the beam that was going to blow them up to kickstart the system to reverse time all the way back, but only uh, Teok could stay in the protective shields yeah. in, to survive the blast and then go back in time and uh, yeah and do that and it was just all a bit. It was a bit mental. It uh, was a bit a... mental because the whole episode was centered around them being trapped in mm. the bubble and then by the time they that Sam figures it out they've got not they haven't got enough power left to do it i think generally um as soon as they started on the sub uh sub series like atlantis i think that was the beginning of the end yeah but that tends to be the, <clears> the <throat> same way for most and um, the universe was like the the you know the death throes of this oh series. god yeah i mean i do feel sorry for robert um, carlisle because man that guy drew the short straw with that because that was just terrible it was terrible writing it was too too rushed too it wanted to be battlestar so hard it did didn't it <sighs> yeah it did <laughs> really wanted to be battlestar it just couldn't yeah it just couldn't do it and it that's another couldn't. series actually you could talk about battlestar uh that got boring towards the end Got very much the same. It's, it, isn't it a shame that all the good ones? I mean, Friends, even Friends, towards yeah. the end got got boring. It was only the will they, won't they? Who cares anymore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, those Ross and Rachel were probably the most predictable characters out of all of them, and it was like, but they've got a kid together, so of course they're going to end up together. They've so always happily ever after, of course. Yeah, it's a TV show always seems to be happy ever after, unless unless it's Coronation Street or EastEnders. Oh, I'll tell you another one, actually, whilst we're on the subject of Friends. Big Bang Theory. Oh. Like, as soon as it came out, it was like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah. And then it kept going on and on and on. And they're still going, I think. And it is still going, yeah. Like, at the at the very beginning when they started, yeah, geek uh, geek culture and, like, like, all that sort of nerdy stuff was becoming more and more popular. And um, now... Like the Big Bang Theory, which kind of helped popularize uh, geeky stuff, and I will say it kind of helped because it did draw some attention to certain things, and people started trying new things out and everything. But now it just seems like a really big satire and like completely unaware of itself. But isn't it funny how when the actors in the TV shows start earning ridiculous amounts of money per episode, yeah, that it goes down the pan. Well, it's not just that. I think it's when you've got a sitcom like that where it does sit, and in terms of sit, I mean uh, they're afraid to change absolutely anything for fear of uh, losing views. Losing the audience yeah. or losing views. Uh, so they keep it exactly the same. But everything else, like the entire world, does not stop. We no. continue to change. We continue to grow. And suddenly what was funny like two years ago is boring and like repetitive and just almost insulting uh now. Yeah, and that's why they went down that little Sheldon route because obviously Sheldon oh, was the awful. most oh, it was terrible. Um but trying to milk the whole uh the, milk whole the funniest thing. character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's they funny. They did it with Joey. I know, and that tanked as well. Yep. It's funny how they take the ones that people relate to more in a group setting, give them their mm. own show. And it sucks. Yeah. I know it's Little Sheldon, so it's not actually... And I'll, I'll tell you why as well. Because in a group setting, you can have people that portray singular uh, ideals, emotions, or characteristics to the point of Sheldon, who is a walking caricature. He's not yeah. a character because he's not fully developed. He's just a caricature of being this super nerd to the level of like people publishing theories that he's on the autistic spectrum and things like that or he most probably is he's he, got massive he OCD is. but um, in terms of then making a whole series based around him no one wants to see that because it's a struggle it's monotonous it's repetitive he's not interacting with the same people so unless you've got uh, copy paste characters of like Leonard and you know the other ones <coughs> it's not going to well yeah it's like I, I know what you mean. Leonard Penny uh Raj and oh, can't remember the other one. The Jewish guy. The Jewish guy. Howard. That Howard. was it. 
uh, unless you've got copy-paste characters of those uh, in there so that you can have exactly the same you know, uh, equation of comedy, then it's not going to work. And it would be super, super weird if you had like a Howard Wolowitz character with a young Sheldon. Yeah, see, then that wouldn't work because yeah, his character is a perv. Yeah, like, like he super is, perv. <laughs> Howard Wolowitz is the uh, the Me Too movement uh, before it was, uh, you know, correct. <laughs> you can't say that. No, it is because if you look at his like early season stuff, he is a sexual predator. Yeah, yeah, he is a sexual. He, predator. He lies to women. He like openly admits to like buying women and stuff like that it's really really he, he, twisted he stalks women as well doesn't yeah. he and he uh, i think they break into the like the playboy bunny mansion or something uh under the guise that they're the satellite guys yeah something like that and it's like okay that's that's a couple of crimes right there yep yeah it's super sick and yeah. and now the me too movement is out and uh, but luckily, Howard has since, you know... He's got the, married. He's got married, had a kid, I think, or something as well. And I gave up watching it, mate, I'll be yeah. honest with you, because it got boring. Exactly. got boring, I just couldn't be bothered. Same with The Simpsons. How many, How many? Um, what was it, uh, Dungeons and Dragons jokes or, like, uh, World of Warcraft jokes or superhero jokes uh, did they make until everyone was like, yeah, I actually enjoy Marvel movies, so that's yeah. not really that funny. Yeah, yeah, because when it came out, Marvel movies were just kind of really finding their feet. Because yeah. even the first Iron Man didn't really hit the mark. Mm. It was only probably Iron Man 2 when it really yeah. kind of took off. Yeah, Iron Man 2 uh, and then and the subsequent other ones like Thor and... Captain America. Captain America, yeah. Um, Captain America looks like really good. I can't believe the. Sorry, I'm I'm going off tangent. No, 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 like, it's fine. We do that. F, we do that often. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But like Captain America, the first Avenger, I did not like the no. first movie. But Winter Soldier was awesome. Winter Soldier just kicked ass. It, it was, was like amazing. James Bond with superpowers. Yeah, dope as hell. Uh, but back to what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Big Bang Theory is one of those. Uh, one of those uh, Chuck Chuck Lorre. Uh, Series. Yeah. Well, it was flipping two and a half men as well. Mm. They you know, had the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Charlie Sheen called out Chuck Law, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah, did. He we'll him we'll not repeat anything we won't, that he said. We he will went not. No. Full we, on crazy. He did go full on crazy and got sacked and they brought in uh, Ashton Kutcher. Um, you know the weird thing? I think, you know, Anger Management, uh, the Charlie Sheen TV series. Yeah, yeah. I think Chuck Lorre was involved in that as well. At some point, probably, yeah. So it's like, oh, well, they obviously either made up or... No, like, I don't think they made up. I think that he was. it wasn't Chuck Lorre's TV show. He yeah. was just like an, ex- an exec producer or something. He yeah. wasn't like writer, owner. You know, but, he didn't write the theme tune or sing the theme tune. But um, yeah, Chuck Lorre is the guy that can have a great idea for a TV series, but he just beats it to death. Yeah, which like, is what he did with Two and a Half Men. Yeah. I mean, the way that he killed off Charlie <laughs> is just like, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And then they just brought in a rich millionaire or billionaire with Ashton Kutcher's one. Yeah. And they've just continued to go down the same route. But you've got mm-hmm. Ashton Kutcher's character. And I don't even know his name. I don't really care. No, you've still got the, the kid, the brother and the kid. It's like, hang on a minute. So you've just basically swapped out Charlie Sheen for somebody else. <laughs> Lethal weapon. <laughs> well, yeah. That's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. It, but, I mean, I understand Chuck Law doing what he did, but he's already he beat that stick to death. And here's another thing about Lethal Weapon. Why did they have to call it Lethal Weapon? They're only just capitalizing on the movies, and it sucks so bad that they have to do that. They could have just called it anything, like any cop name, yeah, and just had a brand new IP um, but no, no, they have to try and be like, oh, this is the new Rush Hour TV series, just because... Oh, yeah, but Rush Hour TV was crap. Yeah, it was. It was awful. But then again, the third movie was as well. Yeah. Yeah, that that wasn't good. But they're bringing out another Rush Hour 4. <laughs> they're bringing out Rush Hour 4. That's it, I'm done. I'm just going to walk away. I mean, That's Jackie it. Chan must be like 60. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be in his 60s. He's one of those extra expendables. <laughs> Honestly, I just don't... The, the dude shouldn't 
even be able like from all the injuries he's had i think i watched a, one program on jackie chan where he says oh, i can't do any of the stunts anymore because if i break something i'm like going to be permanently paralyzed yeah and he's still doing stunts and it's just like dude the guy's nuts but then the same can be said for chris tucker I mean, the guy's in his 50s. Yeah, but easily. Like, he's not done any stunts. No, he doesn't do any stunts. I don't know whether Although it, I, I don't wish know, he was, would. I, I don't know whether eating counts. Fifth Element was probably my favourite Chris Tucker role. Yeah, but we can that do it. We can do a whole Chris Tucker yeah. series. But do we want to? <laughs> really? That voice oh. for an hour, like playing clips? Yeah, but come on. It is quite funny, though. Yeah. He has got one of them voices. Yeah, Same he does. as Chris Rock, though. Chris Rock's got mm. a similar sort of voice, quite raspy. Chris, yeah, Chris Rock is like a normal voice, though, whereas Chris Tucker's is a squealy, almost Jar Jar Binks-esque type character in most yeah, of the Yeah, but stuff. his characters are always so OTT and they're all so different. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. Um, let's play... Uh, I'm going to play this song because this is probably the only good thing about the whole All Rise Seasons in Stargate um, was this absolutely beautiful song um, by Credence. So there you go. That was Credence with uh, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? And mm. I have to say that Credence uh, songs do tend to show up quite a lot in films yeah, and TV shows. To be perfectly honest with you, they do show up quite a lot. And it's and, and, and I'm going to show my ignorance here <laughs> that, um, that I didn't realise until I started listening to Credence that um, Tina Turner's Proud Mary wasn't written by Tina Turner. It was actually written by Credence. Oh. And was actually a Credence song. Okay, wow. So that's... Well, yeah, that's not the first time I've heard of stuff like that happening, though, when like the cover gets way more fav- famous than the originals. Yeah, but um, I didn't realise, because <clears> I, I was listening to their, to Credence's albums, and then I got the greatest hits, <clears> and, and it was on there, and I was like, holy crap, yeah. Proud Mary's on there. I mean... I don't listen to much Credence, to be honest with you, but I do pay a lot of attention to 
um, music that comes out from movies and music yeah. that comes from like trailers. And there is like a there's there's a formula for everything. And a lot of the trailer music nowadays is uh, a lot of high energy, like double bass. I think the first one that really kind of impacted me was um, Blue Suede. Okay. On Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I I definitely think... Well, there are some that do it a lot better than others. Yeah. Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy got it right by using uh, completely... Uh, what you wouldn't assume uh, that sort of music in that genre of yeah. film. Um, and then you've got Suicide Squad. They got it terribly... They, they had like... They tried. They had who they... Like Lil Wayne and... They had like all these... Well, they created some songs specifically for the movie, like every movie does. But they just added some really random, like Eminem without me. That was in the middle of theirs, uh, whilst they were like getting their gear on and stuff. And uh, Bohemian Rhapsody comes up so much in movies. Yeah, like I think it's getting overplayed. But (laughs) the only movie it should be in is in that Queen movie that's coming. Which is coming out called Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Which um, Ray... It's incredible. What's his name? Is Ray Malik? Ray Malik. Yeah, Ray Malik. Yeah. Dude looks like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it's Holy shit, he looks like Freddie Mercury. I mean, I cannot believe just how much. And looking at the trailer and uh, the extended trailer that was was leaked a couple days ago, it just looks unbelievable i haven't seen too much about it i I don't know if it's out yet already but uh, i'm definitely going to see it as soon as i can um but i'm going to be interested to see if that's him singing or whether it's just freddie mercury like voice it being dubbed over yeah see i'd like to think it'd be him singing it i prefer it when it is because even if it doesn't sound the same it's fine like when they did it with uh walk the line with johnny cash uh joaquin phoenix yeah Joaquin did a really, really good job. He did an amazing job. Uh, and I just love it when actors give it a try, even if they're not 100%, or even if they just say, like, I cannot do that vocal range, so I'm going to bring it down a couple of notches. Yeah, It may not be, like, perfectly accurate, but no. at least it sounds great, or and they've yeah. practiced, and you can tell that they've uh, really given it their all. And speaking of Joaquin Phoenix, Joker. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. What do you think? I'm, I'm really optimistic See, I think he looks just like the the original portrayal of Joker I'm, in the comic books. I'm seeing like, you know, the Batman TV series. Yeah, I'm seeing that crossed with Heath Ledger and Heath Ledger's Joker older. Yeah, I'm seeing Which, that a lot, and I'm yeah. I'm really excited for because as well, like Joaquin is an incredible actor. Oh, phenomenal! Actor. I've not seen anything he's done that I've been like, oh, that was, you know, middle of the road. He's like. 100% dedicated with roles. But he doesn't just take any role either. And to be fair as well, whilst we're on the subject of Jokers, Jared Leto got screwed over by everyone else because yeah. he's not a bad actor and he is uh, one of these people that's a method actor. So if yeah, anyone was Yeah, but if you believe what you read, some of the methods... Yeah, he, he went he overboard. He went to... Like, um, apparently the other actors didn't really enjoy it when he went super full-on crazy but then again if it gets like you look at him in blade runner he's really good in that you look at him in things like lord of war opposite nicholas cage brilliant in lord of war yeah love that film and Mm. that's a film that people should definitely watch because that didn't get as much traction as it should have done yeah but but hey ho yeah um what other films we've got coming out apart from bohemian rhapsody i watch i tell you what i watched um the other day, I got a sneaky peek at um, the house with the clocks in the wall. Okay. Which is Jack Black. Oh, um, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. And, you... Uh, and and also Johnny English Strikes Again. I'm not looking forward to that. Don't even bother. Yeah, I was going to say Although, to be fair, the Jack Black one was actually half decent. It wasn't brilliant, and I'll be perfectly honest, it wasn't great. It just um, doesn't look like anything that's suited for me now. Like, if if maybe I was... 12, 13. Mile 22. Oh, You're like Mile 22. Yeah, Mile 22. John Wick 3 is in production. It's yep. now called uh, John Wick Parabellum. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be, obviously... Well, Parabellum is ready for war. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's just uh, it's got a number of different actors let me get the actors list up that's been confirmed because ruby rose is back yeah. uh method is it method no it's not method it's um common common common's back which i really enjoyed him in the john wick 2 yeah he was really uh, really good he was also really good uh, i actually liked common in um smoking aces which is a, a quite an old film but he's actually really good in that mm. smoking aces is awesome uh so we've got uh <laughs> Halle Berry, like, you can't... Uh, we'll see. We'll yeah, see we'll see. Uh, Ian McShane's back, Common, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Angelica Houston, uh, Mark Dacascos. Okay. Uh, he's He's been in a couple of very different things, um, but he's like a... I think he's a capoeira and, like, jiu-jitsu and things yeah. like that. He's a he's an actually uh, trained... Uh, martial artist uh and then uh, i'm gonna butcher his name but hiroyuki sanada who was in the last samurai okay uh he was yujio the crazy one that gets shot yeah, loads yeah. of times he's gonna be in it and nice he's a good actor and can't and wait to see the it. man that never ages is also in it yeah yeah keanu reeves you yeah. can't have a john wick without keanu no, guy's awesome um so yeah that brings us to the end again just yeah. always goes so quickly. Um, just want to reiterate, feel the fourth day this coming weekend, uh, 6th of October. Uh, please buy tickets to go. You will not be disappointed. It's a fantastic day out, and it can be a day. If you yeah. if you use your time wisely and you take your time and you know you get involved in stuff. Likewise, um, if you just want to come for half a day, buy a ticket because they're really four quid, cheap. Four quid a ticket, honestly. Go to feelthefourthday.com. Or find them on Facebook uh, at Field of Force Day, yeah. and uh, and just get a ticket. Honestly, we're going to be there doing some filming. If you don't um, enjoy it, come punch us in the face. Yeah, but I f- doubt anyone will. No, exactly, exactly. Right, and uh, and that'd be that. Right, awesome. See you again next week. See you then. Take care. There is one more thing. It's been emotional. <laughs> jump to the left.
to the left. Hip. Hey.